It is Wednesday, July 5th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Joey Chestnut wins again. And one angel not in the outfield. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Angels have to make a decision after a rough day yesterday. And Joey Chestnut wins the mustard belt once again. The Vegas lead, AJ, we have to talk about the bizarre circumstances surrounding the hot dog eating contest yesterday on the 4th of July. We were texting in the morning because, you know, it goes off at noon Eastern time, and so that's 9 a.m. here in Vegas. And so I wake up, and I see Mickey Sudo wins the women's contest. So I'm like, all right, great. Let's tune into ESPN, and let's watch Joey Chestnut do his thing. And then it says, weather delay. I go on Twitter, and it says, canceled. And at this point, everybody was in an uproar. Complete outrage. Were you one of those people that thought that this was the most anti-American thing ever to cancel the hot dog eating contest? I don't know if it's anti-American, but it just seemed like they they make a lot of money off of this one big event. And the the fact that they didn't have something in place, like in case it rained, just seemed it was mind boggling to me. Like, how can that be? How can you not have some sort of plan? For if if you had inclement weather, and it wasn't just inclement weather too. It was like lightning. So it was there was the torrential downpour. There was lightning, and you can delay it. That's fine. But once you delay it a certain amount, at some point, then the hot dogs become compromised. And <laughs> I was watching this. Like th- this is first of all the major league- hot dogs hate lightning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a big there's a big issue with that. But I, I love like the major league eating like announcers. You know. <laughs> that cover this stuff and listen i'm not not a job is a job and when you do a job and you do it you do it right you take it seriously god bless you but the major league eating announcers like treating this like it's you know well this is their super bowl i guess so you know i guess that's why it was whatever but they're explaining how you know nathan's is gonna have to make over a thousand new hot dogs for this now and it's are they able to get it done in a timely manner? But apparently Joey Chestnut was not having this cancellation. Nathan's was able to cook up over a thousand new hot dogs, and they were able to get the event underway after a lengthy rain delay. It went off at about 2 o'clock Eastern time, so a two-hour delay almost. And when it went on, the weather and the delay clearly impacted Joey Chestnut. Did it clearly impact him? I mean, like, he was begging for this. He He, went way under his total, AJ. He wasn't even close to it. He did last year. And what we thought was maybe last year he was hindered by his leg injury. And the protester. It could possibly be that he's he's lost his fastball. Mm. I I hate to say it. I I never thought of that. It sounds like a terrible thing. I never thought of that. it, maybe he just doesn't have the juice that he once had. And, you know, there's no knock. Like you could, you, you, even the greatest. It happens to all of them. Joe, uh, but yeah. it, it, it does seem like maybe Joey Chestnut is no longer a 70 hot dog kind of guy. 
Well, he had so six... Kobayashi's record is uh, his personal record. Uh, the other best hot dog eater ever is sixty three, and uh, it's July fifth now. So I can ask the question: uh, Why is he banned from this contest? Considering he's the only person that could possibly ever win, other than Chestnut. He was juicing politics. Politics. <laughs> he, he he was juicing. So yeah. uh, I'm sure he was doing whatever they needed him to do to not be in this contest. I'm sure it was sticky, <laughs> sticky stuff is what I heard. I don't know. I, it's, I think, uh, it's all I, a mess. I think it was a um, he he there's something to do with major league eating. It has nothing a to contract do. dispute. Yeah. OK. All right. There it is. So, yeah, it's a contract dispute with major league eating. I knew it was something with the governing organization and had nothing to do with the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. But this is a major league eating event. And uh, yeah, Joey Chestnut with sixty-two hot dogs and yeah. buns, and he wins close the- to close to the world record this year. Sixty-three would have been the world record. You know, if we if we're counting all hot dog eaters in this in this in our in our in our sport. No, here. no, he's got he he's had over seventy. He's, he's I know, but not recently. Yeah, but that's that's not even close to the world. The world record is his his record seventy-six or something, right? Yeah, he's the best ever, and he's coasting now, eating about 50 hot dogs, you know, casually, because we do not let the competition speak for itself. Well, I, hope they, I hope they make a change. Pay the man his money. Yeah, well, uh, I, I just would love to to see, like, this, like, Major League Eating thing become, like, something more than just the Nathan's Hot Dog <laughs> Eating Contest. They have events. They have so many other events. Like, when George Shea does the announcing, see, I got his name right. When he does the announcing for all this stuff, he well, lists... He's very famous, Scott. He was yeah, incredible, yeah. by the way. He, he lists... I, I heard his intro to Chestnut. He was incredible. He lists all the accolades that these eaters have. This person is the Buffalo Wing Champion, the Pizza Champion. This person once ate however many clams in five minutes. Like, they have all these events. And what's crazy is Joey Chestnut is like a champion... In other foods besides hot dogs, I like you could argue hot dogs aren't even like his his best uh, category. He's just it's just the the you know that's it's the big deal. That's what everybody cares about. So that's what he you know that's his claim to fame. But yeah, it's it's not even like his his top category. And I remember, what do you think the ultimate test is or should be like steak. I think no, no. It's got to be. It's got to be like something spicy, like spicy buffalo wings, because the the spiciness has to be a factor in, yeah, in limiting, like, how much. If you could, not only are you just overcoming, like, how much can your stomach withstand, but it's also, like, how can you withstand the spiciness, the heat? That's what I think is a true test of a major league I think Scott thinks that's a lot harder than it actually is for many eaters. (laughs) I once did, for a radio station I worked at, we had 15 minutes and 30 seconds to eat as much, as many wings as we could, and it was like a, 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 you know, at a, a... some random buffalo wing place in Austin, Texas. Uh, and I ate 93 wings in 15 and a half minutes. And I did not I did not win the contest. Whoa. So, yeah, someone ate well over a hundred. It was and it was honestly like I was disgusted just <laughs> watching it. I mean, I, I felt bad that I had partaken in this. So Joey Chestnut actually has the world record for eating fried chicken wings. 7.61 pounds of wings in 12 minutes. Ah, that is a that's a, an impressive mark. So impressive how, mark. I don't I don't know how many wings that is. I don't know how much does 98 wings weigh, but yeah, Joey Chestnut. Oh, here we go. Ooh, this was la- yeah, last year 246 wings in 12 minutes. Whoa. <laughs> 
I mean, that's, that, say that again. Listen, two hundred forty-six wings in twelve yeah. minutes. And and you know who has the record? Who who? We, a minute. You know who won it last year, beating Joey Chestnut? Mickey Sudo, the woman. A woman? Yeah. Chestnut had oh two. Chestnut had two hundred and forty-four. Mickey what? Sudo two hundred and forty-six. The see, this is when they say women can do anything men can do. That's what they're talking about. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and Jeffrey Esper, uh, the guy who finished second in the hot dog eating contest back in 2019, ate 281 wings in 12 minutes. Jeez, man. <laughs> those are un- unbelievable numbers. Yeah. that's a, Hey, those are rookie numbers. All right. <laughs> well, oh, wow. I hope uh, everybody enjoyed the hot dog eating contest. And now we can uh, shut the door on it and get back to it again in 364 days. Well, I was disappointed because I thought that I had a uh, a winner there uh, in in my Aussie as the, the James the, Webb, the, the top non chestnut eater. He had like a four dog lead with three minutes left, and he blew it. Like, what kind of loser is that guy? Mm, yeah, he finished uh, too shy, I believe, of Esper for second place. So you almost Just had it. Em- embarrassing performance. Yeah, but both minus 5,000 favorites win in Sudo and Chestnut. And Esper was minus 300 to be the winner without Chestnut in it. So if you laid the minus 300 on Esper, congratulations, you cashed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. 
from bad to worse for the Angels. Not talking about their 8-5 loss to the Padres yesterday or their 10-3 loss to the Padres on Monday, but it's the injuries that add to the insult. On Monday, Mike Trout left the game with what he called a wrist injury, a hand injury. He, he was swinging at a pitch, and he felt something in his hand he said he'd never felt before. He called it a freak injury. Well, x-rays revealed that Mike Trout is going to the IL with what is called a broken a, a hamate bone, AJ. Have you, ever, bone, yep. have you ever heard of yep. that before? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty gnarly injury. So it's it's going to be some time, some real time. Well, it's going to be several. Uh, it's going to be several weeks. So he's already yep. on the IL. It's going to be several weeks with him on the IL with this broken hand. He says he's going to come back this season, but we don't know that. And we've seen this from Mike Trout before. But more injuries. Yesterday, Otani gives up back-to-back home runs for the first time in his career and then gets taken out from the game with a blister blister on his finger, little finger injury. And Anthony Rendon actually had to leave the game as well after he suffered an injury fouling the ball off his foot. He had x-rays. X-rays were negative. So did that kill his Ironman streak? I know he was like creeping up on Cal Ripken. I know Anthony Rendon has just been a picture of health his entire career. This is a real upset. Yeah, model of consistency for Anthony <laughs> Rendon. Uh, yeah, no, this is just another injury in a long line of things that keep one of the highest paid players, uh, one of the highest contracts a few years ago in baseball from a guy that just never plays. But anyway, uh, this these injuries, along with the losing that has occurred over the past two weeks for the Angels, has led people to bring up the conversation about Otani's future. The Angels right now are four games out of a wild card spot in the American League. The trade deadline is August 1st. At this point, knowing that you're going to be without Trout for six to eight weeks and Rendon for however long, you already lost Gio Urshela for the whole season, and Otani maybe has to skip a start. I, I don't know if he's going to be out at all. It's just a blister on the finger. But do you consider trading Shohei Otani before the deadline? I think you have to. Like, this is no longer a team that looks like they are going to, it, even if they do compete for a, a playoff spot, it doesn't feel like things are lining up for them to to be able to make a run come playoff time. So, You've got uh, an incredibly valuable asset in Otani because all, all these contenders are looking for something down the stretch that can, you know, that can can they might be looking for a hitter, they might be looking for a pitcher. In this sense, they're like you can get both. That's going to bring back a, a, a nice haul for them. I think it's in the best interest of the Angels to move on from him and say, listen, we we had a run with this guy, and this is me assuming that they've had discussions with him and they know that he's not planning on returning to the angels. If, if it's still like, if they still think there's a way they can keep him, then by all means, you know, just suck it up and, and try and resign the guy. But it, that just seems so doubtful to me at this point. Uh, it, it seems like the, the best move is to try to get some sort of assets for the guy. I just honestly, I can't see him resigning with the angels. Um, this was the season that they were supposed to turn it around and the fact that they could still miss the playoffs and the future just doesn't look that bright. Uh, there was a report from Jeff Passan of ESPN earlier in the season when he said that 
if the Angels, you know, fall out of contention and it's more of the same that same old, same old the past couple of years where they're just not in contention of making the playoffs, then Otani's definitely going to leave in free agency. And, you know, he could sign with the Mets. He could sign with the Dodgers, uh, Yankees, Giants, all teams with a boatload of money that would pay up the wazoo for Shohei Otani. The question is, you ask yourself, do we trade arguably the greatest player in, in this generation and get a massive haul in return for him, or do we keep him and try and make the playoffs this season? And if we do make the playoffs this season, maybe it convinces him to re-sign with the team because that, that I believe that that does change things. If the Angels make the playoffs and Otani sure. gets a taste of, of what postseason baseball is like, especially if they have a home game, you know, so like maybe they win the wild card series and, and they get to play a home game in the divisional series and he just sees that atmosphere, he feels what it's like and they lose whatever, he might say, you know what, I'm going to come back and we're going to we're gonna run this back, we're going to try and make the playoffs because this team can do it. But if they miss the playoffs, I don't I don't think that he, he re-signs at all. Uh, McKenzie. But they're, do- they're, the, they're the third best team in the second best division in baseball. Like mm-hmm. that's not the kind of team that's typically going to make some big run. That that feels like a team that maybe they're a wild card team, maybe they're not. I would say right now they're probably not a wild card team. So it, it just feels like man, you're especially without Trout and and maybe Rendon and hell, hell maybe without Otani himself for a little while. Like who knows if if you know if this blister thing is going to persist. So I, I, it feels to me like they're they're a big underdog to 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 really make anything happen this season. Mackenzie, what do we have on their odds to make the playoffs right now? Off the board, you can't bet it right now. I'm sure, there's some assessments being made. Uh, Five thirty eight projects thirty nine percent. Of course, they don't know that Trout's out for six to eight weeks. Yeah, thirty nine percent. Well, right now they're like I said, they're four games out of a wild card spot, and four games is only like one good week of baseball. You know, you go eight and two in 10 days and all of a sudden like you go from four games out to being a wild card team so things they're, can change they're projected to win 86 games that would be the most since 2014 like this is their best team they actually have a chance to make the playoffs that wasn't the case in years past and i, I mean i would go for it. 86 did make the playoffs last year uh in the american league in the national league 87 was the final wild card. 86, the Brewers did not make the playoffs last year. So 86 to probably me the, won't be good the, enough. The question is, like, are the Angels better than the Yankees? Are the Angels better than the Blue Jays? Like, I, I think right now, like, you remember, they're, they're only two games ahead of the Mariners in their own division. And the Mariners didn't just lose one of their best players to an injury. So, I mean... You're taking a big risk if you hold on to him and you let Shohei Otani leave for nothing when you could have gotten probably multiple MLB ready guys plus prospects. It just feels like, man, that's it. And then you'll win what 84 games with like decent players. You could get three number one picks and they could all be like home run picks and still on a war basis, on an added value basis. You're not going to touch Otani in one season. You're not going to have it in 100 years. It's a lot to give up. I think the bigger risk is to trade him for, you know, being an average team. Hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you trade this guy, the, the, the other thing is, how much are you really getting back for him? Because if the team that you trade him to 
is only going to have him for the rest of this season and is just using him as a rental before he hits free agency, how much are they willing to part with? Yes, I understand. He's the best hitter right now in all of Major League Baseball, and he's a top 10 pitcher that can you know be a big-time playoff starter for you. So it, it would only be a playoff team that would be willing to trade for him but how much would you give up knowing that you might not sign him? And I get it that there are teams that are in playoff contention right now that are, you know, teams that could sign him, like the Yankees or the Dodgers. But, like, if you're the Mets, would you consider giving up anything you could to bring in Otani, but you're six and a half games out of a wild card no. spot in the National no. League? The Mets, the, the move for the Mets is wait until the offseason, wait until and these then, other teams. And then bid for him. And yep. then, yeah, make a bid on him. But yeah, like bringing him in at this point, giving up a bunch of assets to bring him in and, and not take advantage of the rental aspect of it just feels nonsensical to me. Like it, when you really think, and if you look at the standings around Major League Baseball right now, like the teams that are willing to really spend money. There's not a lot of them that are that are at the top of the standings right now. Like you, you mentioned, the Yankees, like the the rest of the teams near the top of the pile in the AL, the Twins, the Guardians. I don't know that those teams are are like throwing a a, a massive amount no. of you know players and and uh, prospects out out for Otani and expecting to sign him in the offseason. You know the Rays aren't. I I highly doubt the Orioles are, and I highly doubt Otani's the kind of guy who would want to go to Baltimore anyway. The Rangers, the Astros, I, I I don't know that I see that. The Reds, the Brewers, the Braves feel like, I mean, they feel like the one team who may not need a guy like Otani. They kind of have a, a, a glut of offensive talent as it is. I don't think the Diamondbacks are spending. The Marlins aren't spending. It's the Dodgers and the Yankees is what it boils down. I guess maybe the Giants. The Giants, the Giants yeah. are always willing to throw some money around. But- Giants will spend, yes. It's a it's a pretty short list of teams that that it really makes sense for them to give up a bunch of assets and feel like they're the kind of team that he would sign with again in the offseason. Uh, and it, from what I've heard, Otani prefers to be on the, the, the West Coast, mm. uh, you know. So it seems like maybe the Dodgers and Giants are the the front runners there. The Padres fall into that same conversation as the Mets. So a team that has the yeah. kind of talent mm-hmm. you'd expect to compete next season, but why would you want to give up a bunch of stuff this season in a year where you're not going to compete? I'm glad you brought up the Padres because I think they're very interesting. Because and you're right, they're in the same boat as the Mets. They're six games out of a wild card spot right now, but they could trade for Otani and hope that he helps them make this push. And they have assets available to trade for Otani. Like, what if, if you're if you're the Angels, if the Padres offered you package surrounding a player like Fernando Tatis, like, do the Angels say no? Tatis is, he's got a, a 14-year contract. He's under contract through 2034, and he immediately becomes, like, the centerpiece of your lineup right there with Mike Trout. He can play shortstop where he's not playing shortstop right now for the uh, the Padres. I don't know if I say no. A 24-year-old kid that signed for the next 10 years? I don't know if I say no to that if I'm the Angels. Yeah, that sounds nice. Uh, the question is, do the, like the Padres also have to consider 
we want to sign Otani long-term. Probably one of the most appealing things about playing in San Diego would be playing with Fernando Tatis and having that, that, that be your core. So if that's enough, like if trading Tatis kind of leaves you out in the cold for, for signing Otani long-term, because now you're not a championship contender. It, I mean, think about that. You, like if you say, okay, the Padres were what? Uh, they're uh, 10 games under 500 right now. If you take away their best player, like is that more of an appealing spot for next season? It just doesn't seem that way. Well, I mean, they have Soto. They got Bogarts now, who they signed well, to a big so, money deal. They got Soto's. Soto's not under contract next year, so that's something they'll have to worry about. Uh-huh. It, it's just a lot. There's a lot of moving parts with the Padres, which I, I think they're. It's an interesting. I think it's interesting to think about, but I, I don't know that them moving away from like the Padres will have to do more of what it's seemed like it's crazy that they've done and just throw money at things and, and hope it sticks. But that may be their best chance to get Otani is like kind of push all in and say, Hey, we're going to resign. Uh, uh, we're going to resign Soto. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to keep Tatis with like, we're, we're pushing everything to the middle with this, this season. And I could see Otani finding that appealing. Could you believe that Tatis was traded like for Gene Shields? That's pretty wild to consider. <laughs> like the White Sox had Fernando Tatis Jr. in their farm system and traded him for James, big game James Shields. And the, James Shields, like there was a time when James Shields was really good. It wasn't when he was with the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, so right now the Angels become one of the most intriguing teams in Major League Baseball because of the decision that they're going to have to make uh, with Shohei Otani. And the trade deadline is going to be here before we know it, August 1st. It's July 5th already, so trade deadline will be here before we know it. I think that once we get to the All-Star break, uh, you know, next week, I think then there'll be a serious discussion uh, amongst teams and general managers and put feelers out there, and we'll get more clarity on the future of the Angels and the future of Shohei Otani. Uh, and no who doubt. knows? Maybe they'll win a couple of games between now and next week. I'm looking forward to seeing the the Shohei Otani next team odds update here in a couple of weeks. Oh, you know we're getting that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yesterday was an interesting day in Major League Baseball. A lot of favorites doing damage, um, including the Marlins, who scored 15 runs against the Cardinals. And Adam Wainwright, uh, responsible. Wainwright's done for seven of those runs you know i I wrote in my write-up yesterday i gave out the um marlins team total as one of my bets on pregame.com and i wrote in the (laughs) write-up that sometimes it's hard to acknowledge when like a guy is done you know like you can have all the respect in the world for somebody but sooner or later their time has come It happened to Madison Bumgarner earlier this season, and the Diamondbacks made a difficult decision to let him go. The Cardinals have to make the same decision with Adam Wainwright because they cannot continue to throw him out there every fifth day because he gives them no chance to win baseball games. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate because he's meant so much to that franchise, but... Uh, yeah, the Cardinal. Well, the Cardinals don't seem like they're trying to compete anyway. Like that whole franchise is a mess right now. But uh, they they're really in an awkward spot because you don't want to, you know, turn your back on a guy who's meant so much to that franchise. You don't want to make him look bad, but at the same time, 
your fan base, they they realize every time he's penciled in that you're not trying to compete to win this game because he's not a competitive pitcher at this point. Favorites yesterday went 10-5. and five. Uh, The biggest underdog win was the Pirates, a plus-220 dog, beating the Dodgers 9-7. Uh, and you know, pirates all the way back in third place, Scott, uh, they're, they're, they drug themselves back into the mix here. The reds and the brewers still at the top of the central, uh, the Cubs and the Cardinals, the big money franchises just down there swallowing it. Yeah. I still don't think the pirates are making the, playoffs. no, they're not good. <laughs> they're not good. Yeah, They have a negative 38 run differential and, and, and there's a good reason, uh, why their, their record and their, they have dipped, uh, where they have dipped. Uh, twins, you know, they're they're battling. They're one game up on the Guardians. It feels like sooner or later the Twins are going to pull away. Um, but maybe the, guard, the Guardians are just hanging strong. I mean, both teams are not great. The Twins are the only team with a positive run differential in that division. I gave out the Twins as my best bet a couple of weeks ago to win that division. I still believe they are the best team in that division, but I just keep waiting for them to pull away. Like they need to have like a week where they go like nine and one, uh, or a two week span where they go nine and one, and the Guardians go like three and seven. Yeah, it just seems like they're both just treading water right now. That entire division in the last ten, four of the teams five and five, one's four and six. That's the Royals. So. Nobody making any moves right now in the AL Central. Let's take a look at the schedule for today here in Major League Baseball. We got one day game. That's in Houston. The Astros are a minus 240 favorite over the Rockies. J.P. France on the hill for the Strohs. Chase Anderson goes for Colorado. The By the A's- way, Astros got some bad injury news. Looks like Altuve is going to miss some more time, too. Just as it, like they're starting to work Jordan back, it looks like they may lose Altuve to the injured list as well. Well, that's bad. Uh, left oblique is what it is, or yep. left hip or something. Yeah, I guess the oblique. Uh, well, it's funny. They said a wrist, and then they showed him like moving around. It like it looks certainly like it's something core related more yeah. than uh, than a wrist. That usually, ha- if it happens on a swing, it's usually the it's usually the, the the hand or the oblique. And in Trout's case, it was the hand. In Altuve's. It was the oblique. Uh, the A's are at the Tigers. Speaking of the Tigers, yesterday, Tariq Skubal made his debut, his 2023 debut, and threw five no-hit innings for the Tigers. Welcome back. And welcome back, Tariq Skubal. I mean, this is a guy who was, like, their best pitcher, um, you know, for a couple of seasons. I mean, the win-loss record didn't really show it just because, like, I mean, the, the Tigers tig- don't win games. Exactly. The Tigers are bad. But last year, uh, a 3.52 ERA, a 1.16 whip, uh, struck out 117 guys in a hundred, a strikeout in an inning. The year before that, 164 strikeouts in 149 innings with a 1.26 whip. So, you know, this is their top, one of their top pitchers. So if he can stay healthy, maybe the Tigers are a team that turns it around. A's won that game in extra innings, one nothing. Yuck. Uh, but the A's and Tigers back at it again today. Eduardo Rodriguez gets the start for the Tigers. Ken Waldachuk. On the mound for the A's, the Tigers, minus 225. Is this the case of, hey, you just can't bet the A's after they win a game? I, I don't know, but I, however strong that emotion is, I just can't bet the Tigers at minus 225. <laughs> no. So I, it's, 
Yeah, I'm looking away, all the way away. Uh, Taiwan Walker gets the start for the Phillies in Tampa against the Rays. Zach Littell getting the start for Tampa. Rays are minus 135. The Phillies with a 3-1 win over the Rays yesterday. Uh, Cardinals at the Marlins. Brian Hoeing getting the start for the Marlins. The Cardinals not sure what they're doing with their pitching situation just yet. But we do know it's not Adam Wainwright, so that's a positive. Absolutely is not Adam Wainwright. Orioles at the Yankees. Dean Kramer going for the Orioles and Randy Vasquez getting the start for the Yanks. Baltimore, a minus 125 road favorite in the Bronx. You want a piece of that, AJ? I, I don't hate that. I might like a little piece of that. I, 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 I'm, uh, I, I'm liking the Orioles right now. So, yeah, I, I think I might take a little piece of that, that Baltimore action. The Reds are at the Nationals. Graham Ashcraft goes for the Reds. Josiah Gray for D.C. Cincinnati minus 125 on the road. Nice to see the Reds take advantage of Patrick Corbin Day yesterday. (laughs) Always a good sign. Uh, The Braves are at the Guardians. Atlanta minus 165. Michael Soroka on the mound for Atlanta. Cal Quantrill goes for the Guardians, Soroka last time out, uh, you know, was was pretty good. Six innings, just three runs allowed, seven strikeouts against the Marlins. Um, and uh, Atlanta, just the best team in Major League Baseball. Like, is that are we doubting that anymore? I, I, I mean, look I, at the World Series odds; they're plus three fifty. No one else is seven to one or or, or, or lower. Yeah, it feels it feels like the numbers don't lie at this point. Yeah, it's just that it seems like they win every single night. Rangers are at the Red Sox. John Gray getting the start for the Rangers. Brian Bellow for the Red Sox. Boston's minus one fifteen. I got to be honest with you. I, I just like taking the Rangers anytime they're underdogs. No concerns for the Rangers after the the series with the Astros. Like it feels like maybe some momentum is is starting to turn against the Rangers. They've not been that strong the last twenty games or so, and they're starting to to slip away a little bit. The Rangers weren't expected to be as good as they have been in the first half of the season. Could this maybe be some regression to to reality for Texas? Maybe, but they, they you know they won yesterday at Fenway. Their offense is still incredibly potent and especially in a small ballpark like Fenway, you know, every single guy is just they have so much pop in their lineup. Uh yesterday was a good day. Obviously Dane Dunning pitched well, but uh, I just think this this line doesn't make sense to me. Like, the Rangers should not be an underdog to the Red Sox because the Rangers are capable of scoring six runs easily at Fenway Park in this game. Today. Fair enough. Uh, the Royals take on the Twins. It's Pablo Lopez Day for Minnesota. They're minus 250 against the Royals. It's going to be Alec Marsh on the hill for Kansas City. Total in that one is eight and a half. Cubs are at the Brewers. Uh, Justin Steele, the major league ERA leader at 2.43. Everybody saw that coming. Yep. On the mound for the Cubs. They are minus 155 in Milwaukee against the Brewers. Adrian Hauser going for Milwaukee. This is a high price to pay on the Cubs, but Justin Steele has been that good this year, AJ. He has been. He's he's been incredible, but also like the the Brewers have been one of the hotter teams in baseball lately. Like they they're playing good ball right now. So I, I this might be a, a spot where I'd like to take advantage of the the price on the on the Cubs and, and maybe take a little Brewers as a dog. Blue Jays are at the White Sox. Jose Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays. Lance Lynn for uh, the White Sox. Toronto's minus 125. And uh, I, I got to find some way to be on top of Toronto here, fading Lance Lynn, who is just, it seems like giving up five runs is just par for the course for him. 
And you've got White Sox are a favorite in this? No, Toronto's minus one twenty-five on the road. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I'm probably with you then. I, I, I at first I thought you said the White Sox are minus one twenty-five with Lance Lynn going. I was like, oh, that can't be right. Mm-mm. Uh, that sounds about right though. Minus one twenty-five feels like a fair price on the uh, the Blue Jays. Speaking of the Blue Jays, they announced that Alec Manoa is oh, going to return and take the mound on Saturday in Detroit against the Tigers. You want me to give some advice now to the GM of the the Blue Jays? Trade Alec Manoa today for Adam Wainwright. Just do it straight up. Let yeah. let both these teams like just start fresh. Get, you know, let the fan bases you know say their goodbyes. And I was it, I was just thinking about like a bag of baseballs, but sure, you know, <laughs> you, get back a pitcher. Why not? That is Adam Wainwright right now. A <laughs> yes. bag of baseballs. Like I, he actually lost a bag of baseballs into the stands yesterday, so it <laughs> it feels like a fair deal. Angels are at the Padres. San Diego's minus 178. Seth Lugo on the hill. He'll oppose Patrick Sandoval. The Mariners are at the Giants. It's going to be Alex Cobb on the hill for the Giants. Tommy Malone getting the start for the Mariners. San Francisco is minus 160 at home. Mets at the Diamondbacks. Kode Senga, who was pushed from his start yesterday, he starts today against Tommy Henry and Arizona Mets minus 115. And the Pirates at the Dodgers, Osvaldo Beto on the hill for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Bryce, uh, excuse me, Bobby Miller getting the start for the Dodgers, LA minus 260. They're not going to lose back to back games to the Pirates, are they? I wouldn't think so. Then again, they but lost back to back games to the Royals. The crazier things week. have happened this season. <laughs> yeah. You guys see the LA Galaxy against the LAFC at the Rose Bowl. Yesterday broke the MLS attendance record. Over 82,000 fans at the Rose Bowl to see an MLS game. Okay, I feel stupid because I thought until yesterday, I thought LAFC and LA Galaxy were the same thing. No, Um, two separate teams. Yeah, I didn't realize that until yesterday, but I saw a seating chart for the Rose Bowl where in like it, the way if it were a football game it'd be set up in the end zones there was like a handful of sections on in each end zone where it said LAFC gear not allowed in this section LA Galaxy gear not allowed in this section i guess they didn't they didn't want fights they didn't want hooliganism i don't know if they really thought like i, I maybe it's their way of like trying to trick us into thinking there's like this real passion for the MLS I don't think of L.A. fans as passionate to begin with, much less really passionate about MLS soccer. It seems odd, but by doing that, by having them say, like, well, we can't have fight. People are so crazy about these teams. There could be violence in the stands. Maybe that's a marketing ploy to trick us into thinking people are really loving this MLS stuff. I don't know. I feel like soccer fans are just are just like that. Like, right, McKenzie? Like, soccer fans are a different. There's animal. a lot of time in between goals, and you start to chant, and then you start you, you get you get mixed up. Uh, but El Trafico, as they call it, is not El Clasico. I, I I agree with you, AJ. I think it's kind of uh, to gin up some some fan bases. Maybe when you see that sign, you get a little rowdier. But I don't see, I don't think the, the Galaxy versus LAFC is is. Uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, exactly. <laughs> but but don't um don't when like when like AC Milan and Inter Milan play each other, don't like the fans like um they like enter on different sides of the stadium and like they can't they you can't get to the other side or something like that. Yeah, that stuff kind of stuff happens all the time. There's that movie with Frodo from Lord of the Rings 
where he's in a where he joins a hooligan for Tottenham or something. And there's a whole culture. Is that Green Street hooligans? Battle royales that, that look like West Side Story that happen from time to time. It's a whole culture. But that, that doesn't happen in America. Not that I know of. Not over MLS that I've seen in the in the mean streets of, of LA. Was that was that Green Street hooligans? Yes. Yeah. Solid. Yeah, <laughs> right. Not that movie. You Frodo. By the way, what was the score of the game? Like we talked about this. Right. Yeah, the the Gal- uh, Galaxy won two one. Okay. Oh, what nice. a match! Yeah, Galaxy <laughs> won a match two one. Yeah. You ever see uh, "I Love You, Man"? Yes. When yeah. uh, Joe Latrulia takes him to like the Galaxy game, and he's like, "Here we go, Galaxy! Here we go!" <laughs> <laughs> It's hilarious. He's like, soccer's awesome. So glad Robbie hooked this up. This is awesome. This is awesome. Me too. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. (laughs) I love that's a great scene. I love that scene. Uh, You know what else I love? Saving you guys money at pregame.com. Saving money and giving out winners. Uh, We have some great specials available for you at pregame.com. Some discounted packages, but also a way that you can get rewarded for listening to this podcast. Get 20% off anything at pregame.com using the promo code FIREWORKS20. Yes, fireworks displays last night all across the city. Late into the wee hours of the night. I'm sure the uh, everyone was safe and doing it the right way legally. <laughs> Fireworks20 is the promo code. It's going to get you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. Take advantage of some great discounted packages or just use your 20% off to get a daily best bet. For Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.